we always look for for people that have dedication and a fundamental understanding of the business. Uh, that certainly helps us uh, with our training uh, regimen. A great understanding of fair housing law that is paramount in this business. Uh, fairness, equitable uh, solutions for tenants, absolutely uh, something that we talk about when we're interviewing a candidate for a position at Abbey Hill. They absolutely should have a working knowledge of the basics of home um, repairs, things like that. It's very difficult to start when, when someone doesn't know the difference between a window and a sink. Uh, but we, we seek, seek out professionals and they come to us. Um, not too long ago, one of our uh, competitors, their second in, uh, second in command came to us and uh, wanted to, uh, to come over. So we're known as the company that uh, works hard and uh, we need people that, that can join in, into that, uh, that philosophy. You know, a big thing is if someone's willing to put in the time, we're willing to put in the time to make them successful. Absolutely. Okay, welcome to another episode of Affordable Housing and Real Estate Investing. Today, we got Aram and Jamie from Abbey Hill Realty. I'm really excited to have these guys on because they are also the property managers for my guest co-host, Dane Connolly's Properties in Central Ohio. And we've been fortunate to get these guys on so that they can share some stories from their journey and ultimately teach our listeners, hey, how does it, what does it actually mean to run a property management company? And what does it take to actually scale to the level that they have scaled to today? So without further ado, Jamie, Aaron, welcome to the show, guys. And just let's just start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and how do you guys get started in real estate and property management, man? Well, fantastic. Thank you. My name is Aram Gostanian. I'm the owner and one of the brokers at Abbey Hill Realty and Management here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we're one of the leading property management companies uh, in the community, and we service the entire state with a with a focus on Central Ohio. Uh, and sitting next to me is uh, Jamie Mosley. And uh, hey, thanks for having us. Um, as Aram said, my name is Jamie Mosley. I am uh, the, one of the brokers for Abbey Hill. And I've been in property management for about 15 years now, and uh, we're excited to talk with you guys. Man, how did you guys even get into property management? Give us, were there a good story or you guys were like, man, I love this stuff. Tell us a little bit about the background there. Uh, I started the company in 1987 uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, and I brought it to Ohio in 1992. Wow. My first introduction into property management was really as, a, as a, a small child. My father was a landlord in the Boston area, small time guy, uh, you know, supplemental income. He had maybe 50, 60 units, uh, nothing I was real interested in uh, in my in my youth. But then uh, in 1984, when I began high school, I had a, a high school teacher uh, who was a weekend landlord. Back then, teachers didn't make a whole lot of money. And uh, the, uh, this particular teacher had asked me if I wanted to help him mow lawns, do landscaping, you know, cleaning his units. I think he had four, maybe six units. And that was my uh, my entree into uh, property management. I did it for him for the four years of high school and then uh, started my company when I graduated in 87. Man, that's such a cool story. I'm actually from Boston, actually, oh, you are? Uh, born and raised. Yeah, so that's that's really interesting, man. Um, oh, Jamie, how about yourself? How did you get into property management? My, my story is not nearly as, uh, as exotic, but... <laughs> Um, I started out actually in self-storage, the self-storage facility that I worked at actually uh, shared a, a wall with a, a mobile home park, a, a trailer park, and I developed a relationship with the owner of that trailer park, and uh, eventually I ended up transitioning into trailer park management, which uh, kind of blossomed into multi-unit, multiple trailer park management, overseeing several parks, um, and then eventually I transitioned into multifamily, into apartment management. So, Yeah, great stuff. Uh, I love a success story and you guys are, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you guys the largest provider, the largest property management group in the state or one of them? We believe that at this point, we're certainly the largest affordable housing, uh, licensed property management, third party property management company in central Ohio. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then, so tell me how you got from A to Z, take as much time as you need, but you know, tell us. It was 1987-ish when you started. T tell us, you know, 
the the growing pains, how how that started, uh, any obstacles that you overcame when you brought people on, how you decided to grow, when you decided to grow, and then what, and then end it with what things look like now. What does Abbey Hill look like now? How many units do you have? How many team members or employees do you have? And and why are you keeping Jamie on uh, uh, full time? No, just kidding. <laughs> I love you guys to death. I'm teasing, Jamie. <laughs> sure. So in 1987, when I graduated high school, uh, my best friend and I had saved up a little bit of money through the four years of high school managing and busboying and doing whatever it took uh, as a high school kid would do. And uh, we bought our first double in Boston in 1987. At that time, uh, the city of Boston and the federal government had announced uh, one of the largest public works projects to ever take place called the Big Dig, where they were going to take uh, Route 95 and put it underneath the city. It, it used to go up on an over uh, elevated highway and they were going to bury it underneath. And one of the homes that we purchased was right in the path of that construction. So we, we lost the house uh, to the uh, city. However, they paid us nicely for it, and we started buying more, uh, partnering up. In uh, I went to college uh, that soon thereafter, graduated. Uh, I self-funded myself by renting apartments, working uh, on flipping houses. And in 92, when I graduated, I had moved to, to Columbus. Um, Abbey Hill Realty and Management wasn't born then, but Abbey Hill Management was, which was the, uh, the ownership arm of the uh, business. When I came to Columbus, I did what everyone else does. I started buying, did what I knew, and uh, we were doing very well. We owned a lot of units, uh, particularly on the west side of Columbus. And uh, other competitive landlords in the neighborhood would come and you know, say hello, and we'd have introductions, and they would say, how are you so young and doing so well when I have more experience and we're not doing very well? We talked a bit, a, a variety of people in the neighborhoods, and they said, would you come manage for us? So at that point, uh, we became a licensed property management company. We formed Abbey Hill Realty and Management, and uh, we went from there. Started off managing for other, uh, I guess you could call them competitors, and help them write their ships. And then the company started to blossom. The word got out that uh, there was a company that would uh, do what they would say they would do, which is you know sometimes rare in this business, and do it for a uh, reasonable price and get a good ROI for the uh, owner. And uh, Abbey Hill blossomed, and uh, it continued to grow throughout the years to where we are today. Today, um, we don't love to disclose the unit count, but we have north of 1,500 units uh, spread over maybe 100 or so locations, uh, full staff, uh, brokers, licensed leasing agents, um, showing coordinators, full complement of maintenance and make-ready personnel, uh, groundskeeping, house cleaners, the whole gambit. Uh, we're a one-stop shop uh, in, and uh, with a 100% focus on property management. Although we're a licensed real estate brokerage, that's what the law requires here, uh, we do no sales or purchasing. So everyone is dedicated around the clock to managing affordable housing. Wow, I absolutely love that because you guys are dedicated towards property management. Not you're you're really focusing and doing what you do best. Uh, maybe I'll take this question uh, a little bit differently. What? How did you guys scale? I mean, fifteen hundred units north of that is no joke. That's an immense amount of work. It seems like you need guys need a lot of structure and systems and processes in place. Take us through that little piece of, well, how did you guys start building out your team? Was it just continuing to work on sales, get as many units as possible? Was it building up a maintenance uh, team so that you can service all of these units? Just curious uh, so we can educate the listeners. Uh, hey, if they were trying to look for a property management company, what questions should they ask and know that, hey, these guys are actually thinking about it in the right way? Because I think all investors in the world want to grow and they definitely want to work with a management company that can either enable their growth or scale with them? It's it's not easy to scale a property management company. Uh, clients come and they go. You know, I always say that every client we have will probably not be our client one day for a variety of reasons. They sell, they refocus uh, their investment strategies. 
unfortunately, sometimes there are divorces that take place that force sales of properties, things like that. But I would say that the way really to scale, you have to find the right people. The key to a successful management company is talent and dedication. And I think that's something that we uh, uh, excel in. The staff that we've been able to put together uh, are talented, dedicated, hardworking. They understand that management doesn't end. Even though our offices close at some point during the day, our jobs never stop. Uh, just last night, I was taking phone calls uh, at, at around 2 a.m. Uh, uh, for situations because we deal with people's homes and homes never close. So finding that right staff is key. For a management company here in central Ohio, our, uh, a lot of our staff is required to be licensed. Licensed meaning a licensed real estate agent. And in the last few years, with home sales being so brisk and interest rates being so low, it's been difficult because everyone wants to sell a home. And they don't want to deal with the day-in, day-out, um, round-the-clock work that property management takes. Uh, that's changed now. And now a lot of real estate agents that can't sell homes anymore have been calling us for uh, jobs to refocus because they have their license and not every position in a, in a central Ohio management company requires a license, but a lot of it does. And, uh, finding the right people, finding the right staff that will certainly get you on the road to scaling a management company or any business. A second large thing is the, uh, the full understanding of landlord tenant law in order to scale you've got to be abreast uh, constantly of, of changing fair housing law, changing ordinances, changing laws on the, the local, state, and uh, federal level. Uh, it, it takes quite a bit. I, th I think Jamie would also like to add something. Yeah, and, and you know, another important thing is that there has to be a need in the community for that expansion. Um, you know, if, if, there's, if there's just not, not a unit count available or the community is just bombarded with management companies, you're not going to be able to scale. It's as simple as that. So there has to be a growth market that is going to allow for that expansion. For sure. I, I'm really interested. Is there a, I don't know, an interview question that you guys always ask, like prospective candidates that helps you filter for those character traits that you were talking about, Aram and Jamie? I'm really interested in like, how, what are you guys looking for when you guys hire folks? Because that's, like you said, the number, the most important part about scaling a business is the people. It is. Well, we always look for, for people that have dedication and a fundamental understanding of the business. Uh, that certainly helps us uh, with our training uh, regimen. A great understanding of fair housing law that is paramount in this business. Uh, fairness, equitable uh, solutions for tenants. Absolutely uh, something that we talk about when we're interviewing a candidate for a position at Abbey Hill. They absolutely should have a working knowledge of the basics of home um, repairs, things like that. It's very difficult to start when, when someone doesn't know the difference between a window and a sink. Uh, but we, we seek, seek out professionals and they come to us. Um, not too long ago, one of our uh, competitors, their second in, uh, second in command came to us and uh, wanted to, uh, to come over. So we're known as the company that uh, works hard and uh, we need people that, that can join in, into that, uh, that philosophy. You know, a big thing is if someone's willing to put in the time, we're willing to put in the time to make them successful. Absolutely. Yeah, and I can firsthand vouch for that. It's only been a handful of months uh, with you guys, but I was telling my wife last night, uh, it almost seems too good to be true uh, how good you guys are. Jamie, Aram, you guys are personally both handling our uh, our 168, now 170 units with uh, the single family homes. And by the way, I've got another one on the way uh, for you too, uh, maybe two. <laughs> but uh, I, I can vouch for, you know, Aram will call me or text me on the weekend, apologize up and down, but it's because he's working and, that they take so much pride um, in what they do. Every single person in that organization that I've met and have, you know, come in contact with, 
like it's it's truly almost too good to be true like i told my wife finally because we went through four different you know companies um and didn't work out for a variety of, of reasons and and so far so good and we couldn't be you know happier um i don't know anybody that knows the i just call it the legal side like you mentioned aram as well as you guys in terms of landlord laws and and whatnot and there there have been already a couple of times where jared and i probably would have screwed up um but you jumped in and said no you can't do that uh <laughs> not because we haven't in the past i mean everyone does and you learn from your mistakes we also have excellent counsel uh, our our uh, legal uh, representation is bar none. They're, they're the, the absolute best. And uh, they have a, a, a complete understanding of what we're doing. And they support us. And they keep, by the way, as, as much as maybe we say sometimes to you, you can't do that. They've said sometimes to us, maybe you should rethink that as well. Sure, sure, absolutely. But yeah, I'm 100, you know, I, I've obviously owned a couple different businesses in, in medicine and real estate and uh, fitness um, and 100 percent, you know, you you my I had a quote in my office that said, hire good people, tell them what to do and get the hell out of the way. And and that's that's always been my theory. And that, you know, we brought you guys on board. This is kind of what we do. This is what we want. Are you guys good. Yep. OK. And with you guys, I'm just kind of getting the hell out of the way and letting letting you guys do your thing. Um, and we, so we, it's we love really cool. But we appreciate the uh, the uh, vote of confidence as well. <laughs> For sure. Well, we tell everyone that we're involved with, whether they're picking up trash or they're signing leases, whatever the case may be, that they need to treat these properties like it's their name on the mortgage. And that's our recipe for success is everyone acts like they have a stake. They have some skin in the game. And um, when people have that, that vested interest is when you get results. Well, and it's even more impressive on, you know, as a property management group, it's a lot different than what I was used to in medicine where I'm dealing with, you know, nurses and physicians and therapists, people that have gone to four to eight years of college and are healthcare professionals or, or professionals. You know, it's hard to find uh, at times good people that, that get that, that truly understand pride of craftsmanship, pride in their work. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really cool to see you guys knocking it out for sure. Um, tell us a little bit about the screening process that you guys do for, for tenants and any tips that you may have for owners like myself and my brother that, that own real estate, uh, with their screening, other than hire you guys to do the screening and the placing and the, and the, the upkeep, upkeep of the properties, but maybe give us a little peek into how you guys do the screenings and any little tips that you may have for, for owners uh, across the, the board. Yeah. You know, screening is the foundation of everything. Um, too many landlords see a pocket full of cash and say, Oh, I'm going to take that person. And that's such a mistake. Um, that's the biggest mistake that I say people probably make. Uh, they get tempted by that mighty dollar and it's, and it ends up costing them thousands in the long run. Uh, our screening process is, is pretty thorough. We look at, um, you know, the rental history. We look at their criminal history. We do verification of income. We make sure that there's no money owed to any previous landlords, to no previous, to any utility companies. Um, we do look at a credit score. We do a credit report, but we don't base it solely off of a credit score because that is such a slippery slope. One that if you go down that rabbit hole, you know, you're never coming out. So, um, we take all of that and we kind of, you know, put it together and, you know, we have a very strict set of criteria that we, that we base off of and it is what it is. And, and that mixture and, and nothing's perfect. There's no, you know, magic pill that you take and, and, you know, and Hey, everything is perfect. But we've, we found that the mixture that we use, you know, a sprinkle of this, a dash of that gives us the best results right now that we can, that we can hope for in the, you know, in, in what we're dealing with. Yeah, and I think I want to make sure I get really specific with the question. So you rent, you talked about rental history, you talked about verification of income. Have you guys been burned before? And that's why you have this criteria. Are you looking at, hey, how long have they stayed at 
prior rentals for for rental history? Are you looking for three X income? I want to make sure we provide tangible nuggets that our listeners can implement in their screening process today. So yeah, absolutely. So Central Ohio specifically um, used to um, when you when someone had an eviction filing more likely than not, they were evicted in, in, in Franklin County. Now, Franklin County does pretty much anything they can not to evict someone. So our criteria had to had to shift from, you know, no evictions to where we've adjusted to no evictions or eviction file. Mm. Again, because a case was dismissed doesn't mean that that person made good. That just means that they were able to get a legal aid attorney or they walked into court and handed someone keys. It, didn't, it doesn't mean that they didn't frankly they didn't stiff someone or they didn't you know make good on their deal so um you know you have to be thorough when you're searching these things you know you can't just do a quick you know oh, i'm going to do a record searching you know and, oh this person seems good because that that doesn't do the mm. trick um if they're under an active lease then yeah we verify that that lease you know is is expiring we we don't want someone who's willing to be in month six of a 12-month lease that's just going to walk away from that because what's the you know if your ex-girlfriend was cheating on the ex-boyfriend wants to stop her from cheating on you. So, so yeah, all of these things we do verifications on to make sure that we're going to be getting someone that we can trust. Now, again, nothing is perfect. There's people that, you know, are able to quote unquote cheat the system, but for the most part, we feel like we're, we've, we've narrowed it down to where being able to verify, you know, current, you know, current leases, um, you know, income verification. We can't say, you know, any, you know, we can't, say that they have to have a job because it's, you know, income is protected, but, you know, we are able to verify that they have a steady source of income. Um, you know, looking at criminal history, um, the, the screening pro- program that we use is Fabco. They're able to do a nation, you know, a national search. And so that pulls from everywhere. So, you know, it's again, it's very thorough. We're able to see where they've been, what they're doing. It gives us an address, you know, history. So we can see if they've lived in, you know, eight different addresses in 20, you know, in, in the last year, then it's safe to say that, hey, there, it may be a, you know, a shaky bet. So it gives us very accurate information. And, it, and, and no, a piece of paper doesn't tell you everything you need to know about a person, but it comes pretty darn close. Yeah. And I love that you guys just dropped so many tactical items that our listeners can actually implement. Thank you very much for that. And I, I think I want to understand from you guys now, you guys with such a heavy focus on affordable housing, in the media, sometimes there's this stigma that, hey, all affordable housing tenants are going to damage your home. They're going to wreck your place. But you guys seem like you guys have a really stringent tenant screening process that probably is intended to prevent those types of same exact issues that people might have the stigma about. Can you just help us understand, like, hey, what does your tenant base look like? And have you guys had really, really significant issues in general with your affordable housing tenant population? I would call our issues significant. We, we've had issues, of, of course, but I think that there's, there's good in everyone. We see everyone that walks through mm-hmm. the, our, our doors. And, and if you come to our offices right on the very front uh, door, the, the appliques on the front door say everybody is welcome to apply here. And we really mean that. We're, we we, mm-hmm. we prepare housing. We believe it's a cornerstone to the business. And you can come in, you can review all of the criteria uh, which is published, uh, and you can make a decision whether you feel as though you fit that or not. If you feel is that that's the case, you'd make your application with us. And we've encountered a tremendous amount of nice people in this business. Of course, there are bad apples. Of course, uh, no screening process in the world will show us a person who rents an apartment, makes their application, and then never moves in, but their bad friend does. Uh, we would recognize that very quickly from the day-to-day interactions on the properties. But that's happened in the past. Um, but on a whole, we have nice people, and nice people tend to come to us, and uh, we stay in touch with them. We don't just rent them, give them their keys, and never see them again. We are very proactive on the properties. We see what's going on. There are certain telltale signs sometimes that may be indicative of a problem, like cameras being hung outside of a tenant's unit. Not always. It's a, it's a, it's a different world these days. But when there's mm-hmm. cameras hanging off of a one-bedroom pointing in every direction, that's a red flag. We want to know what's going on uh... out right away. Um, I think that 
Abbey Hill's reputation throughout Columbus uh, in the applicant and tenant base is that they'll be taken care of. But we're watching. We don't we don't just let it all go. We're, we're there all the time. I think the the average affordable housing tenant on a whole is a, is a nice person. It's a good person. They may, you know, suffer sometimes from a bit of a lack of education or, you know, maybe a bit of uh, opportunity in their younger years. But we find that the overwhelming percentage of our tenants and applicants are just trying to have a home and live a life, maybe raise a family, maybe not. Uh, doesn't really matter to us. We have nice people. Yeah, and I think that's super helpful because I think that really helps debunk the myth. Uh, we we've talked to other property managers in like Detroit, and he's told us he's done a survey of like 400 landlords, and I think compared to market rate tenants, I think only four percent of their affordable housing Section Eight voucher holders cause damage to their apartments, compared to like 24 percent of the market rate tenants. I would be curious, like, do you guys ever track stats like that across your tenants? Like, hey, are we seeing in incremental damages like from like this area of the market or anything like that? We don't track the stats specifically. We don't uh, mm -hmm. uh, accumulate demographic or psychographic information for a variety of Understood. reasons. Understood. Um, to those type of things. But my bird's eye opinion is that's correct. You know, a Section 8 uh, tenant has a lot to lose. Uh, mm. If they lose, generally, they lose their voucher or they're, very, they're subject to losing their voucher. Whereas the market rate tenant may lose a security deposit or just skip off to the next place. Um, but we've had a tremendous amount of success stories in, 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 in the affordable tenant base, um, both on the market side and on the subsidized side. Sorry, I couldn't get unmuted. <laughs> what uh, what are some other great little tips and tricks? Uh, well, first of all, obviously you don't screen the uh, the landlords, the owners very well because you would never have let Jared be a part of your organization. <laughs> so uh, I just want to get that little dig in on him while he's not here. He's actually texting me. Uh, he could be listening live, and I hope he is. Uh, <laughs> So uh, do you have uh, you guys have so much experience. You've been there, done that, seen just about, you know, one of these days I want to go out and have a beer or, or three with you guys and just I'll shut up. And I just want to hear story after story after story. But do you have any tips? Some some of our listeners are people that are kind of on the fence wanting to get into real estate. As you know, it's it can be a little daunting to get started. Um uh, other people are are listening and and they're early in that journey or still trying to figure out you know what they're doing and, and making mistakes or paying tuition as I call it do you have any tips of the trade for somebody you know if, if in my shoes five years ago just entering real estate especially affordable housing in particular any uh, any tips or tricks of the trade that you would recommend uh, I'll, let, I'll let Jamie start, then I'll add in. Yeah, I, I would say the, the big thing is don't go it alone. Um, you know, hey, call us. We'll, we'll be more happy to help you. Um, you, but no, <laughs> you know, a lot of those stumble, you know, stumbles and, and mistakes can be avoided by just getting, you know, someone you can trust, get a management company um, and get a management company that is a legitimate management company. Don't get someone who just does this on the side, get someone who focuses on management. Um, you know, yeah, a real estate agent who sells houses, but also, hey, he likes to have beer money, so he manages five houses. That's not necessarily going to be your best bet. Get someone who eats, sleeps, and breathes this, um, because that's what we do. Um, that's that's a big thing. <clears throat> Another thing is, is you have to make sure that you're properly capitalized. That's a, a huge mistake that we see people make is they, they come in expecting, you know, yeah, I spent every last dollar I have on this place. Now let's go. Well, okay, except for you need roofs, uh, you know, hey, it's missing the floor. Uh, you know, hey, where's the bathroom? Oh, there isn't a bathroom. So what are we going to do? We well, can't have somebody live there without a bathroom. So you got to have some money to, to actually to actually make this place what it needs to be. You can't, you can't rely on rents to create a reserve fund. You have to come in with some money to do some work if it's needed. Another big thing is a huge mistake that we see people make is don't grow too fast. 
Um, you have to slow and steady is going to win the race. Mm. What is is that you're going to get so much overhead and then you're just it's going to collapse on top of you and it's going to crush you. This is not a sprint. It's it is a marathon. So nice and slow. Take it easy. Slow and steady. It's Pick the right the buildings. Race. Yeah. Due diligence, due diligence, due diligence on the front end. Just because a broker says it's the greatest thing ever, uh, <laughs> probably is. Got to you. Got to get out there and you've got to put in the time. We'll be right alongside with you. Uh, it doesn't cost you a penny to bring us along with you on the front end. We'll give you our opinions based on on solid uh, experience and steer you clear of the good ones and, and hopefully uh, encourage you for the, uh, oh, sorry, steer you clear of the bad ones rather. And encourage <laughs> uh, it's, Sometimes um, the bad ones are the good ones. <laughs> well, the bad ones can be the good ones if you are properly capitalized and understand that nothing in this business happens overnight as much as we would like it to. Uh, sometimes things take a little, a little time, especially now where there's a significant labor shortage where there's supply chain issues and there still are supply chain issues in some building goods uh, and that um, prices are changing daily uh, on materials uh, and they're not generally going down. So you've got to be very well aware of that. And, you know, don't over uh, over improve your units, improve them uh, to an appropriate level based on what kind of rent you expect just because you can put a jetted bathtub in a unit does not mean you'll get more rent. We have to consider our ultimate customer, which in this case is, is generally a lower, lower income tenant, an affordable housing tenant. Uh, they want a home that is clean, code compliant, safe, and that generally uh, fits the bill. They're not very much interested in paying more more money they don't have for an amenity that they don't particularly care about. So uh, all of those things, and then keep your, your, your expectations reasonable. There may be some money that a uh, month rather that you don't make money. Um, and that's okay. You're building equity in a property that is hopefully appreciating. And if it's an Abbey Hill property, it will be appreciating. I think those are the, the, the main things to set an investor's expectations uh, uh, properly on the front end. Yeah, I, I love, I was actually making notes. I think everything that both of you guys touched on, Jared and I made those mistakes on smaller scale sometimes, sometimes large scale, uh, because we didn't have the leadership or the guidance from somebody like yourselves to, and, and you answered the question for me, or I'm, one of the notes I made was, would you be willing to come to a property with a, with a prospective landlord or owner if they're looking at, at purchasing it? So that, that's, that's outstanding that you guys do that. Um, scaling too quickly, we did that. We didn't have somebody that could grow with us. Um, that was a mistake. You know, our early properties, we overfinished. Uh, spent too much money on uh, basically everything you guys touched on. Uh, you know, we, we, I don't want to say screwed up on, but we learned the hard way. Um, and now it's nice to have, you know, somebody on our team literally responsive like that, where we can call or text and get your guys' feedback right away. It saves us money, makes us more efficient. And anybody, I heard this on a, po a bigger pockets podcast I was listening to yesterday and I was I was actually mowing my yard and I yelled out loud thank you uh uh what's his name David Green said he's so tired of seeing all these ads about leave your w2 job get into real estate and 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 get rich man it is a marathon and we're five years in and Jared and I aren't printing money you know we're still stable as you guys know we're still stabilizing we brought on a hundred plus units in less than a year. So that's part of it, but we're still stabilizing and, and uh, you know, getting these properties where they need to be to make significant money. So it, it is not uh, a get rich quick thing uh, like you touched on Aaron for sure. It, it can certainly be a get rich thing. Uh, it, 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 it's seldom a get rich quick thing. You know, we, we view our clients, uh, the building owners, as absolute partners. They have to be. You know, we have, we have some clients we've never met. 
uh, we have some clients that have never been to Central Ohio that own a significant amount of real estate. Those have worked out, and we have other situations that have not worked out like that. But uh, we work in partnership and concert all the time with our owners, depending on how much they want to be involved. We have a a client who um, uh, is uh, significant in the entertainment in- industry out in California, and uh, you would know her, but I can't say who it is. And she uh, has no desire at all to come to Columbus or even see her properties. I mean, we've delivered just fine for her, but she gives us that leeway uh, to do and make the right decisions. I think that um, that it is very important that we be involved in when you're looking at a property before you sign that contract, that you bring us out to say, what do you think? Because sometimes we'll see things that you're not seeing um, in, on the physical plant side of things, the age of the water heaters, the age of the furnaces, the age of the roof, uh, how's that foundation looking, all the big CapEx items that could rear their head and really uh, negatively impact your, your bottom line. Um, it's an exciting time when you're buying something. It's a lot of fun to drive by and say, I own that. Um, and we want to be there to make sure what you are buying is the right product so we can be successful. And I love that you just said all that, Aram uh, and Jamie. Like those tips are so key, especially the items about not over renovating, because there's no return, right? There's diminishing returns uh, when yep. you do something like that. And I, I think that's a really good point for our listeners to really pay attention to that Aram and his company, like they are willing to come out and walk the property with you. And that almost elevates the standards that I would be looking at for my own investments now going forward because. Well, if I want to team up with a property management company, I probably want them to be as vested in the property as I am. Why wouldn't you want to look at, you know, quote unquote, the mess you're about to inherit from the management side? Because when you are able to walk the property, then it gives you a little bit more preparation on what the work entails that might be coming down the road for you and your team. And maybe you got to staff up appropriately. Who knows? Right. But I think that is such a crucial point that I really don't want to pick a property management company unless they're willing to do that now. And I think I just elevated my standard from this conversation with you guys. So thank well, you. Yeah, and, 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 and imagine Kent on to piggyback off of that. Imagine if this is your first property that you're buying, whether it's a duplex or a hundred unit, you're going to be nervous as hell, man. And, and yeah, you've read and listened to podcasts and maybe joined a mentorship Academy, but now, now shit's getting real. And if you have big brother next to you, you know, these two guys walking through, and saying, this is great, this is not, oh, maybe you should reconsider this. Or maybe, you know, Aram's quote the other day to me, we are talking about replacing fences on some of the patios on one of our property. And he's like, I hate for you to spend that money because it's not going to make you money. You know, I wish you could spend the money on X, Y, and Z. And so we're trying to figure that out. But But to have that, if you're new or, you know, if you're taking down a big property for the first time, having that second voice in your head to say, yeah, this is the right decision or no, 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 no. From my 20 years or 30 years of experience, I wouldn't do this. And here's why. Or maybe if you do do this, make these changes uh, that that goes so such a long way. Um, you know, you, it may be a new area of town. You know, that's what, you know, Aram and I've been talking about that on the, the single family homes that I own now. Uh, I don't know the downtown area real well. So I pick up a phone and say, hey, what do you think about this? Here? No, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll cancel that contract. Well, uh, uh, let, let me say something. I love all areas of Columbus. Uh, let, let, me, let me say that. There's, there's, every neighborhood is great. Every neighborhood is great. Where I would uh, choose to invest for the amount of return that I would like um, is how I, uh, uh, I determine an area for suitability, for investment only. Sure. I'll, I'll say it. Uh, there, there are areas of Columbus I don't like because I've left a lot of money there. <laughs> I, all monetary. Well, right. hey, I went to that point. I'm sure the listeners right now that might be very market specific, they're like, well, where are the better areas? Not saying there's bad areas, but where are you guys seeing from your property management side in terms of growth? Like, where are people, where are the desirable areas that people are trying to move to right now that you guys are seeing? in terms of migration patterns or just uh, the demand for areas? Where are you guys seeing in that in central Ohio? 
Well, you know, pre-pandemic, there was a great move uh, from the suburbs into the urban area of Columbus downtown. I mean, it became very sexy all of a sudden, especially a lot of empty nesters. Kids were going off to college. Uh, Mom and dad were feeling like they haven't uh, seen each other in the last 18 years, and they were moving back downtown. Then comes the pandemic, the lockdowns, uh, some political situations uh, with uh, riots and things. And there was a, a pretty fair flight back out of the city and into the suburbs. Mm. I think that uh, if you look at Columbus, there's a a a lot of building going on downtown. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of development happening, but I don't see a lot of people still. Uh, I think that uh, with Intel and associated businesses coming into Columbus uh, now, it's happening as we speak. The move to the north northeast. Uh, East is significant and uh, is absolutely something you should take notice of. Um, Communities that have been sleepy little farm towns are are soon going to be populated by uh, tech employees uh, from the East and West Coast. Um, I'm sure downtown will grow as well because, you know, younger people like downtown, older people like downtown. It's It's a slow roll back to downtown right now. So, you know, although I do like all areas of Columbus and, and I like the affordable areas of Columbus, the north, northeast and east of Columbus certainly is on track for explosive growth. Wow. Those are some exact, <laughs> those exact directions, man. North, northeast. <laughs> That's like really exact. I love that. Um, but it's where so- built and, and it's where probably the majority of their uh, uh, labor will, will, will reside. Got it. And that makes a lot of sense. Just following those fundamentals of real estate, right? It's location, but it's also driven by population growth and job growth. I love that you're pointing that out with the substantiation from the employers. That's amazing for our listeners to kind of uh, pay attention to. So uh, Aram and Jamie, like we're getting to a point of the podcast where uh, this is a question I like to ask every single guest to come on because I think People have told us affordable housing is so hard to solve for, but I always disagree with them. Dan and I both disagree. And we just think it's just a matter of time before we get enough opinions, get enough perspectives to really figure out, hey, we got all the pieces to the puzzle now. Puzzle now. Let's let's put it together. So I'm really curious to hear from you guys, like especially on the property manager side, why do you guys think affordable housing, particularly the lack of supply of affordable housing, is so hard to solve for? And I don't know, what would you guys propose would be a really good solution? to help address that problem. Do you want to take? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start, you know, at least in, in, in my opinion, in Columbus, I don't know that there is necessarily a lack of affordable housing. Mm. But what we find is it's getting harder and harder to find applicants that meet the qualifications required for affordable housing. Uh. The, um, the pandemic really did a number on the on the affordable housing tenant base, um, you know, with 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 funds available, you know, for with the COVID relief funds and things like that. The only way for people to get those funds a lot of times were, you know, evictions had to be filed and things like that. So, you know, I mean, we see people now with three, four or five evictions um, or, you know, or, you know, there's there's a, a whole you know cavalcade of different problems in there, you know, with their with with their applications, but the biggest problem that we're seeing is the quality of applicant. Um, so again, I don't know that there is a lack of affordable housing. I feel that there is a lack of qualified applicants. Wow. Great perspective there. I would agree with that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of residential in Columbus. There's a lot of lower income residential in Columbus, uh, there are good landlords or bad landlords. I think that uh, some of the bigger national buying groups like Vinebrook and BlackRock and things like that, they're definitely buying up homes. They're boarding them up. They're sitting, uh, they sit there until whatever their business model is, uh, releases them back to the market to, to flip. I know that uh, city government Columbus is well aware of that. They're working on legislation as we speak to try to combat those type of investment strategies uh we we love to make dreams come true at abbey hill and and i know that sounds a little cliche a little weird but i can't tell you the amount of time that a a person has come in not expecting to get a home and they end up um uh, doing a dance crying 
In fact, our offices, we're well stocked with Kleenex and tissues all over the place because we have a lot of people that never thought they'd qualify. And when they do, or if we're able to find a pathway for them, uh, I can't tell you how many success stories, how many hugs, how many thank gods that you guys are here. Uh, I can't, there's so many, there's so many, and, and, and it's heartwarming to able to provide someone with what is their most uh, intimate asset or the most intimate thing in their life rather, which is a home. It's where their families are. Maybe you don't have a family. It's where your life is. It's sometimes where your children are raised. It is, uh, it's everything for a person that carries a great responsibility for ownership and property management to recognize that this isn't an option to take care of people. It's mandatory in this business following the laws, following the rules, following the leases on both sides. But it bears a great responsibility. And, and everyone at Abbey Hill uh, understands that responsibility and we meet that challenge. Uh, so a lack of supply, maybe not define affordable. Affordable in New York City uh, is not affordable in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, maybe not even in Indianapolis. It's, it's very different than Columbus. We do our best to, to, to get people into homes and to make it affordable for them and to make sure that our, our investors uh, see the uh, ROI that they need. And to go just one step further, I guess, you know, yeah, maybe there is a shortage of four bedroom apartments or maybe, you know, all the, the market for three bedroom townhouses is slim. Or studios in Columbus. Yeah. Or, hardly any. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, maybe there are segments of, of the market that there is um, you know, no supply in. But I think overall, I think that it's still I think it's still a very viable market. Well, and that's, you know, you guys kind of hit on it. What is it? What's the quote? Uh, clothes, shelter, food and shelter. Those are the three things that everybody needs. And it is a it's a massive thing. And uh, that's a massive responsibility that you guys have that I have that Kent has with as owners, you know, landlords, as property managers. Uh, it is a big thing. You don't realize it. You guys probably don't realize it, you know, but it's probably a good thing every once in a while to sit on your back patio like I am right now, have a drink and pat yourself on the back from time to time and say, Hey, I may not be a brain surgeon. You know, I may not be a physician like my, like my brother, but damn it, we're, we're providing something really nice for people um, that's affecting their lives and hopefully future generations lives too. And so, I don't know if you guys know Kent's story, but Kent grew up in affordable housing um, and he always ends, I'm stepping on his toes right here. You can reiterate it, Kent, but at the end of every podcast, he always says, you know, thank you to whoever the host is because you want to say it, Kent? Yeah, seriously, guys, thank you for what you guys do. Because, uh, I mean, I'm from Boston, Aaron, like without people like guys like you guys, I would have never had the home I grew up in and became the person that I am today. So seriously, thank you so much for, for what you guys do. I, I know that sometimes these, these professions and careers and investments, sometimes they go largely unnoticed. Sometimes people always focus on the negative, but I never forget or would forget wh why I am where I am today. And that starts with having a stable roof over my head when I grew up. So well, we appreciate thank you. Thank you. It's uh. Uh, that's that's exactly why we do it. That is one of the biggest reasons we do it. it well, and then have to be happy. Yeah, and then on our side, you know, I, I, it just dawned on me also, Ken. I'm always thinking of other people, but like, you know, thank you for what you do for people like myself and Jared and the other landlords or owners, whatever you want to call us, dipshits uh, that you have to deal with on a on a daily basis because it's so nice at times to be able to breathe. And say, because it's been a rough four years for Jared and I. It, it's been no easy. This is my fourth business, fifth business I've started. And the first couple of years, man, they were brutal. Almost as bad as some of the others, you know. Um, and now to know that you guys are there on the properties, you're taking care of things. If you need a, a feedback, you call me. But, you know, a lot of times I know... I know the answer already. You guys have the answer and you just want that approval type of deal. So thank you for making, you know, our lives a little bit easier and, and, and profitable too, because, you know, we put a hell of a lot of our own money into this, uh, as a long-term play. Um, 
And that's always a little nerve wracking when you see the the, the, the P&Ls that are in red instead of in black, um, when that's your retirement or your kid's tuition or, or, or whatnot. Um, that's, you know, Jared's bourbon money, drinking money uh, is all he had to cough up. So, but yeah, thanks. Thanks guys. And it's been an awesome, whatever, two or three, four months that we've been working together. And, you know, we're not, as you know, I'm, probably taking down two more properties and we're constantly looking we're looking at another 90 units so um we're looking forward to to growing with you guys over the next couple of uh decades for for sure well thank you very much we are as well we enjoy the relationship we appreciate the business and there on as a side note there are some deals that i want to talk to you about that i just heard of today that are not on the market yet uh that's another thing property manager Uh, the, the things that are, are in the pocket come to us first. I know yeah. way ahead of time what's going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of whispering in our ears. And so uh, come to us. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, my God. And I can't – I got to emphasize that. Like People miss that point all the time. They're like, I got to go to the brokers. But, guys, like go to the property managers because yep. they actually know what's going on with, with the asset so that sometimes yep. brokers will just say, oh um, – uh, where's the value out of here? Oh, it was mismanaged, right? And they just something they say something really, really general like that, and just to kind of get your interest and pique your interest. But you guys actually know, you know, where all the skeletons are buried uh, for each property. So I think that is super, super important. And to end this on a on a good note, uh, Aram, Jamie, thank you so much for your time, guys. Like seriously, can't appreciate uh, express my appreciation enough for both of you spending your time and coming on here and sharing your wisdom with the listeners because. I know that there's going to be a listener today that has listened to you guys, your tips and tricks. And at least for a few folks, their fear is going to be removed because now they're thinking, wow, I don't need to worry about all that stuff. I just got to find someone like Jamie and Aram in my local market or maybe go to central Ohio. And now I can feel much more comfortable about my investment decision. And I think that is how ultimately you get a large movement towards solving affordable housing for the entire country. So thank you guys so much. Hey, if people want to get in touch with you guys, Aram, Jamie, like where else, where can they find out more information about your company and where can they get in touch with you guys? Anyone is welcome to give me a call. My cell phone is virtually never off. <laughs> Not a secret. <laughs> At this point, it's 614 614- five five four zero one five eight you're welcome to call me at any time you could also reach out via email uh aram a-r-a-m at abby hill it's a-b-b-e-y-h-i-l-l realty.com jamie how about yourself man yeah um also you can reach me at jamie j-a-m-i-e at abby hill a-b-b-e-y h-i-l-l realty i'll spell that one too r-e-a-l-t-y dot com <laughs> um again you can reach me 740-601-0414 yeah there's no i in right. real <laughs> well i was gonna say thank you for spelling that real real tour was always one of the words kind of like restaurant like restaurant i was like i'd always freeze like is there an extra a in there or just, i i don't know i don't know <laughs> no this has been fun guys uh thank you guys so much and hopefully we'll have you guys back on the show eventually at some point and that's a all right that's a damn nice looking house that, or uh, office that you're in i don't know <laughs> our, our latest addition to the portfolio yes, you know, sir. <laughs> Tenant listening, we are available. I love it. All right. And just like that, we are out.